This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Tuesday on which things are basically the same as they were on Monday. We do have some more information regarding the Jordan Henderson situation. The president of Al Etifak is in London this week to meet with Liverpool and talk to the club about the Henderson deal to try and get that cleared. So it looks like the Saudis will have to get approval from the PIF and the PIF will basically fund the deal. Now, regardless of what Henderson is as a player, Jordan Henderson is a big get for the Saudi Pro League as a name, as a status symbol, being captain of Liverpool. And of course, he's also well known for his support of the LGBTQ community. So I think that would be a marker for the Saudis as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do see some public relations softening of the views of the Saudi regime towards the LGBTQ community. Now, whether or not their actual stance against them changes or not is unlikely, but the public stance could well do so. I talked about this on the Minefield podcast I did with Alan and Andrew uh, over the weekend. And basically, one of the points I was trying to make, and I don't know if I articulated, articulated it all that well, can't even articulate the word articulated, so probably not. Um, one of the points I was trying to make was, we've just had a World Cup in Qatar. And one of the biggest criticisms of the Qataris before and during said World Cup was 
the treatment of the LGBTQ community. And it was obviously quite a big talking point before and throughout the tournament. It was something that a lot of people honed in on, and rightly so. And the Saudis are looking to host their own World Cup. The Saudis are involved in multiple bids to hold World Cups in 2030 and 2034. So remember when... PSG signed Neymar and Mbappe right after Qatar got given the last World Cup. It was announced that it would be Russia and then Qatar. And PSG went on this big offensive to bring in global names. And a big part of that was to drive interest in Qatari football. And they had Neymar and Mbappe doing all manner of commercial deals on their behalf, promoting the World Cup, promoting the country of Qatar and PSG, obviously, as the flagship sporting enterprise of the um, Qatari Investment Authority. Now, Henderson is not that level of name, of course, but... The Saudis are taking a different approach to the Qataris. They're trying to bring big names to their own league and show that, look, we we have a, a, a big league here. We have an inclusive league here. We can pull this off. We can do this. We can host a World Cup. And we're bringing in supporters of organizations and communities that you say we're against. So I do think part of it is a, is a will be a PR offensive from the PIF and the Saudi regime, which is why I think they will stump up the money to get Henderson across. Now, obviously, the main reason Henderson is of interest is because Gerard is the manager of Al Etifak, and their owner or chairman or president or whatever he is is a Liverpool fan. So that's why they want Henderson, but. The bigger point of it is bringing across a Jordan Henderson could have a major impact on seeing them become a little bit more favorably viewed in certain quarters. Now, again, it's a PR offensive. It's not necessarily the reality of the situation, but they're aware of the fact that many people were turned off by the World Cup in Qatar. Many people didn't watch the World Cup in Qatar. Now, today we've had um, Quiva O'Neill in The Athletic write a piece about how she feels Henderson has turned her back on a community that she is part of. And it's it's a tough situation. Like, she's perfectly within her rights to write this piece as are many others. I read a very good one the other day, um, I think by Adam Smith, about the same topic. And it's so strange to me, the reaction to these pieces. You've You've got an awful lot of what appear to be angry young men replying to these articles and these tweets saying, no one asked, what are you crying for? It's not all about you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And frankly, it's a little bit sickening to see that sort of 
visceral reaction. If you don't agree with her points, that's fine. If you don't agree on a moral standpoint, if you don't agree from a religious point of view, that's fine. No problem at all. You're entitled to your views, especially if they are religion-based. However, there is a way to go about... Now, I know I'm not one to necessarily tell people how to be friendlier because I'm not the friendliest person in the world. But there is a way to go about responding to an article like the one Quiva wrote, which is clearly a very personal thing for her. If you take the time to read it, it's a very personal article. It's a very... It's probably a topic on which she didn't intend to write on. It's probably not something she feels 100% comfortable putting out there, but she has done so. And it's a very brave article. Whether you agree with it or not, it takes incredible courage to put that sort of piece out there on the internet. Especially when you know you're going to get blowback from certain quarters. And that's what she's done today. But I I just, I can't accept that the reaction needs to be like this. I, I don't understand why it needs to be like this. I don't know why people can't articulate their own argument rather than replying with something stupid like no one asked. Like, don't fucking reply if that's what you have to say. And don't reply with some sort of insult about her sexuality or the fact that she's been brave enough to put this out there. Maybe you have some repressed feelings of your own that you can't act on or afraid to act on. But Jesus Christ, like, it's 2023. Can we have just a modicum, just a modicum of acceptance? Please, let's just have a little bit more of an inclusive view on what is and isn't acceptable. Because what isn't acceptable is you. What is acceptable is somebody sharing her story and her thoughts. Anyway, hopefully this deal just gets done so that we can all stop talking about it. And angry little men, sorry, angry little boys can shut the fuck up just for a little while. And also, in terms of my lack of friendliness, if you tweet shit that is a shot at Anfield Index and I see it, I am going to call you a cunt. And that's how it's going to be. And you can crib and cry about it all you want. And you can send your weird little friends into my mentions all you want because I'll say the exact same thing to them. If you're going to take shots at Anfield Index, something myself and others have spent near 10 years, actually in Gags's case, 12 years, but in terms of the podcast side, 10 years later this year, working on building 
it's a community of people that are very, very important to me, a community of people that I care very dearly about. Whether I get on with all of them or not is irrelevant. You come at one of us, you're coming at all of us, and I very much will be the first to tell you that you're a cunt. And that is just how life is going to be for you. And I will tell you routinely that that's what you are. Anyway, you've got me wound up now. On to AnfieldIndex.com because uh, I can't be bothered. Actually, do you know what? We, we'll go through it. So this is Anfield. Uh, new midfield and rising stars. Five things fans should keep an eye out for in the first friendly. Uh, ten photos as George Schmatka watches Reds cycle to day three of Germany training. Uh, Calvin Ramsey has been unveiled as a Preston North End player and says he can't wait to return to playing after his injury. Great to have him back playing. Hopefully he has a a very good loan. Uh, Trent and Mo put up a selfie of the pair of them, or it's not a selfie because they didn't take it themselves. It's a picture of the two of them uh, looking absolutely shredded. So I'm guessing this is Photoshopped because I was told that James Milner and Jordan Henderson were setting the standards and Milner's gone. These two look unbelievable. Henderson arrived back in the best shape of his career. Milner must have been what was holding everybody back because everybody's in the best shape of their life now that he's gone. Uh, Liverpool defender set for seventh loan in less than six. Why do we own Anderson Arroyo? What is the point? Let the boy leave. Let him go and have a career. Please. There's a couple of great videos doing the rounds of Jürgen watching the lads train and Jürgen is very much falling in love with Alexis McAllister. Uh, It's also clear that the era of calling him Gary is over. So many things to celebrate. Uh, Liverpool FC postponed ticket sales due to Anfield Road uncertainty. I said this a while ago. It's very clear that the Anfield Road stand is behind schedule. And um, it, it does look a little bit unlikely that it's going to be ready in time for the Bournemouth game. Now, maybe it will be, but I do have doubts. I do have doubts. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's still parts of it that need to be built. So... You can check out the different pieces on This Is Anfield. They've been doing great work. Uh, Mr. Drone is one of the guys who's been there. I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, oh, I can't remember his name, but he does really good work. He goes out with his drone and he puts it up and he, he circles around and shows the different bits of progress. That will annoy me. And I'm really sorry if, if he does hear this. I'm really sorry that I can't remember what your what your YouTube account is. I think it's his initials and imaging. Is it KC imaging or something or something like that? But his his work is really, really good. Um, this is Anfield also have up an exclusive look, uh, ex- exclusive look rather at the training ground that Liverpool are using for preseason. Um, it's, it's, it's in the middle of fields. It's a very rural location. There doesn't look to be many bells and whistles. There doesn't look to be much pomp and circumstance. It's literally what looks like 
two and a half pitches. So full pitch, full pitch. What looks like maybe a seven aside pitch. And then what a, something that looks like a full length pitch, but much thinner. Um, and it's in the middle of fields. It's surrounded by farmhouses. In this one picture alone, I can see two different farmhouses. It's got a clubhouse, a secondary building that looks kind of like a big marquee. But doesn't look very fancy. It looks like back to basics, which is absolutely what's needed. And um, yeah, to be fair, this looks like exactly what they need. Um, Some good pictures out of the the lads cycling as well. And I can't help but note that Virgil and Cody decided to cheat in the cycling and uh, grab a lift with a fella driving a golf cart. Ibu decided to amuse himself by doing wheelies on his mountain bike. Ibu, if you could please stop doing that and risking hurting yourself, I would greatly appreciate it, my lad. Uh, On to Liverpool.com. Liverpool's transfer set to be completed after Fabinho work now underway on two signings. Right, we will come back to that. That's the media digest. Liverpool should hijack 46 million transfer. It's Edson Alvarez. He's a good player. He's not good enough to start for us. He just isn't. Um, a bit on there's a piece about Dominic, a piece about Manu Kone. Um Liverpool could break FSG transfer rule to start three year plan for true Fabinho air. I, I think it's really clear that they don't see Besetic as the Fabinho air because they were looking at buying Romeo Lavia as the Fabinho heir. So um, that seems a little bit silly. Uh, this piece suggests, oh, this is about the, the Calvin Phillips and Sophie Amrabat nonsense that came out recently. Um, Liverpool should repeat Dominic Zabozlai trick for wildcard USMNT solution. That is Tyler Adams. I'd be really happy with Tyler Adams as one of two midfielders coming in like if it's Adams and Lavia I think that's really good I'd be very happy with that Adams is very underrated would be very affordable and is versatile could be your backup six and your backup to Trent in that hybrid role could be a traditional right back as well if you wanted him there Um, blah 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 Liverpool has 16,500 reasons why it should hijack $52 million transfer talks. This is about Jared Polina. There is zero chance Jared Polina is sold for anything less than $60 million. Um, On to the Media Digest piece then. So Liverpool transfer to be completed, so that is about Fabinho. Two new signings wanted. Uh, it's clear we need two midfielders. We need one before Fabinho leaves, so we'll need two after he leaves. Obviously, Kevin Turam's name has come back up. I, I don't know that we'd sign him as one of two sixes, but I, I'd be t- delighted if we got him because I think he's excellent. Um, I do think he's more likely if Thiago were to leave. Manu Kone, I would absolutely take. I know he's out for a few months, but I'd absolutely take him as one of the two. 
Lavia be brilliant. I, I, I'd love us to get Lavia as one of the two. But a new name has made an appearance, and that is Czech Dukure. Now, it initially came from Peter Rourke, who, as we all know, is a massive spoofer. But a little bit of digging and asking around, and a few other people have said this as well, there is actual real interest in Czech Dukure. So would be very much in favour of that. I think he's outstanding. 23 years of age, defensive monster, much better on the ball than he was allowed to show at Palace last year where they sort of reined him in and had him play within a box. I don't think they fully allowed him to show what he was capable of, but he was still their best player last year and was voted fans player of the year. You go and watch him at Lens and he was an absolute monster. Could do everything. Like a bigger, faster, stronger, more robust, more resilient version of Nabi. I would very much be in favour of Czech Dukure. If we got Czech Dukure and Tyler Adams or Czech Dukure and Manu Kone, I'd be thrilled. If we could pull off Czech Dukure and Romeo Lavia, that would be perfect because Czech can also fill in into the Trent role and that hybrid role. He could probably do a job for you right back as well if you need them to, although it wouldn't be ideal. He's played centre-back before in his career. Czech Dukure is... He's really, really good. He doesn't have the fanfare of Caicedo and all of those, but the guy is really good and he holds his own against everybody. He monstered Declan Rice last year twice. He monstered our midfield twice. Go back and watch our two games against them. He's the best player on the pitch. Um, Anfieldindex.com and we have two pieces up about Czech Dukure. There's a piece about Henderson, there's a piece about Thiago, and a piece about Ben Doak. Podcast-wise, it's what I mentioned yesterday. Media Matters, Dave Davis and Neil Jones discussing Fabinho and Henderson. A transfer show with Trev and Dave Davis. There's also the show the lads did with Guy. It's Trev, Jim Boardman and Guy, um, which is also a pro plus. There's the minefield with myself. Uh, joining Alan and Andrew, and we'll have more coming in the next day or two. Uh, I believe Matchett is back off his holidays this week, so, you know, we should get some scouts done. And that's it. That's all I have for you today. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.